coming up on episode six, our bodies may die, but you guys know where I'm going this, right? Our hearts will go on. We talk 97 next on Verse Chorus Verse. Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse. I'm David Liston. With me, as always, is the skank master, Sven Knutson. Sven, how are you tonight? I, I got my second little uh, COVID shot today, so I've I, I got a sore arm, and I'm, I'm waiting for those crazy side effects to kick in. I'm doing pretty good. I'm better than the last time, and they said the second one was supposed to be worse, so I, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow's going to be shit for me. <laughs> well, if anything, you have an excuse to be super hungover. You could just tell your wife, hey, look, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out today. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's not just Sven and I tonight. We called in backup. We called in the SWAT team. Ah. We called in the all of it, the negotiator, the sniper. We called them all. Uh, we have the one and the only James Allen Stanton. That is me. James, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. We're happy to have you. I've been talking to Evil, and basically from this point forward, you're going to hear his name. It's it's Evil. We know him as Evil. <laughs> So yeah, we brought in James because we have a huge take on tonight. We have decided to take one full year and we're going to do this every, probably every couple months, this year being 1997. And we're just going to talk about it. We're going to dissect it. We're going to talk about what we think the best albums were from there, uh, what the worst was, what we think was good back then that we don't understand why we like now (laughs) as far as prepping for this episode because we haven't done anything like this i'm gonna start with you sven what what did you do to get prepped for this okay first off i was 14 in 1997 all right so i guess the the weirdest thing for me is but you were already listening to nirvana and stuff like that i was i was and it it was kind of weird right around 14 15 i went through this like hippie phase where everything i listened to was from the 60s and 70s right so 97 landed smack in the middle of that for me i was into like pink floyd and hendrix and doors and and you know not 1997 but but because i was a grunge head from the the post nirvana days i was into some foo you know foo fighters um everclear anything that was close to that kind of that kind of rock yeah what I discovered, though, when I was prepping is that a lot of songs that I credit to 1997 that I love, that I was listening to all the time, I found out, actually, yeah, they got all their accolades, like they were platinum or gold or winning whatever award or on billboards, but they yep. were recorded and released like the end of 96, yeah. you know? So um, I, I kind of I had a list built to talk about, and then I had to scrap it and start over. I forgot about a lot of music that I used to listen to. Yeah. So it, this was a, yep. kind of a rediscovery for me. It was fun. So... Um, I don't know how you picked 1997 out of the hat. I, I want to hear that story before we're wrapped up here today. Yeah. Like out of all As the years I. you could have picked. Yeah. I actually, I, I found some gems in there that I think are going to be fun to talk about later on. And um... this is when I felt like I was getting confident with music. This was when I was in an age where I was starting to actually kind of be okay at instruments and understand what what rock and roll was and that sort of thing and this is actually one of the reasons why i really really wanted evil to do this because i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on blast now evil you are you are older than us i am so in 97 how were you in your early 20s i turned 21 in 97 
It was so, the year that spanned my junior and senior year of college. This is why I was really, really excited. Uh, because for Sven and I, we were in very pivotal years at a young kind Developmental. of pubescent age. Sure. You were at an extremely pivotal age of, you know, that is when you are really kind of getting your finger on the zeitgeist of pop culture. You and would think that. <laughs> <laughs> so what What were you like? What were you, yeah, what were you into back then? And, oh, and man. how did you prep for this? As I started looking at the music from 97, I noticed that the music I like from that year currently has very little to do with what I actually listened to back then. Well, this is such a weird, strange juxtaposition of music that I love that I found way later and then a bunch of stuff that I love back then that I just have discarded. So I want to rewind a little bit. I went through the same thing at the end of the 80s. I'm old enough to where I was, like I have an older brother who introduced me to, you know, ACDC, Van Halen, Twisted Sister, stuff like that, Iron Maiden. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I, I lived through that, kind of reaching that cliche and then the flip over to Nirvana and the Seattle bands. And I felt like, okay, that same thing kind of happened in 97. Yeah. I'm old enough to where I don't, I'm not like trying to be cool and I'm not going to be like, well, I listen to this, but I don't listen to this. And so I look, I look back and I'm like, oh man, there's all this stuff I discarded that I might actually kind of enjoy now as a 44 year old man. And so, yeah. so yeah. In, in prepping, I, I launched the cursory, like, okay, I got to learn everything about 97. I'm going to be on this podcast and I want to sound cool. And then I just like cut that immediately. Like, like, nope, I'm going to talk about all the embarrassing stuff I used to listen to and I yes. still like. So <laughs> that's, awesome. that's, that's awesome. where I'm at, where I'm coming in. That's what we want. We're not afraid to give the honest opinion of oh, what yeah. we like and what we don't like. So and I totally identify with sure. that. Too. I was very much that way in 97. I don't know. Everybody at school, all your friends, you, you have groups and you, you, you form really strong opinions among that group and all of a sudden you don't listen to certain things because your group of friends doesn't listen to certain things uh yeah. certain whole genres so that i wouldn't give it two seconds i would avoid yeah yeah i totally get that and and this was a fun rediscovery of a lot of stuff for me yeah um, it really was we've talked quite a bit ourselves sven and i on what our rituals mm. are mm-hmm. what about you evil what how do you listen to music when somebody gives you an album what do you do are you a vinyl guy are you a workout while you like, what do you, that, that's how do you a listen to me? Very good question for this particular year because looking back to how music was delivered then versus now, yeah, that's mm-hmm. changed as well. Ideally, I'm the guy who you get, gets you know, new CD back then, new whatever streaming service download now, and I like, I like it in the car, I like to yes. drive, I like to crank it, preferably in the summer, windows down, driving out, and like the the farmlands where no one else is around. That's how I like to listen to stuff initially because there's something about, especially like at dusk, driving around, you're kind of like in this hypnotic state. You know, I'm not paying attention to the road and stuff, but maybe driving <laughs> a little bit too fast too. Um, but that that is traditionally how I would really take in new music. Nowadays, that's a struggle. It's very, very piecemeal now it's it's finding new songs instead of new albums there is so much more cool music available 
but finding it is much more difficult and really sitting yeah. down to enjoy it is a very different experience than what um, mm-hmm. I went through back then. I'm really glad to have Evil on. I think I've talked more to more to Evil than anyone about music for the past. We've been on a, a chat oh that we just have left open for how many years now? Probably like yeah, 67 years. Probably longer nice. at this point. Well, yeah. I, I feel like we're pen pals. Yeah, we're like music exactly. pen pals. Yeah, <laughs> but I've always loved his opinions on everything. I, so yeah, I'm really glad he's here with us. Uh, we will we'll get into it. Before we do, we need to talk about the most important part of the night. Spend, I'll go to you first. What, what are you I drinking, drinking tonight? tonight? Well, I've got some abominable winter Is that ale. A Foster's? Oh, it's, uh, that looks like a Foster's ooh, from, from Portland. Back. Portland, <laughs> up, up in your territory, <laughs> up where you're at. Hopworks Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You were just drinking whiskey, weren't you? What is that? Is that Woodford? Uh, this actually is not. Whoa, you got some new whiskey. This is Tin Cup. I don't have the bottle. I wish I would have had the bottle with me because it's it's a fucking cool bottle. And it comes with a, a, cool comes with a metal shot glass as the lid. A Tin Cup. Tin Cup. A Tin Cup, exactly. It's a Tin Cup. <laughs> I think, I don't know, it's some, out of Colorado, I think. And then... James, you are a whiskey, bourbon, scotch, cocktail guy. What do you, I've what been do you, known to drink some spirits. You're good at it too. What do you? Uh, <laughs> what do you? Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Well, okay. Well, I, I started off with uh, a little bit of tea because I'm old and we're up late, <laughs> and so I need a little bit of caffeine. And then, since there's three of us tonight, and it's my first time on here, I wanted to do something special and have you guys pick. Oh. Ooh. I, Ooh. Wow. This has Uh-oh. never happened. Bourbon. Dave, you never let me pick your drink. He's holding up my favorite right now. Buffalo, Buffalo Trace. Oh, yes. Bang for your buck, one of the best bourbons you can get. Uh-huh. Yes. So I picked Buffalo Trace. I, I absolutely love it. I got two more. <laughs> From the... Uh, Is that Lafroig? The Isla region, a little mm. Lafroig. <laughs> That's it's amazing, a, too. It's a light drink. <laughs> no, it's You've not. You've ever had LeFroy <laughs> No, oh. it's not. <laughs> also one of my favorites, by the way. Yeah, wow. Uh, and uh, another scotch. So a bourbon and two scotches. Uh, this is a Highland. This is Glen Farthest oh, 12. Yeah. Uh, good Highland scotch, you know, just right in the pocket. So I will drink any of those or all of them. So My vote is that you we'll just start see how things go. with the Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace, yeah, that's <laughs> go down the line. That's probably one, two, wise. three. Yeah. yeah, one, two, three, one, three, two. Ooh, I might yeah, go that, one. That might be smart. Three, two. <laughs> yeah, one, three, two. I went Ooh. Manhattan tonight. I no real specific oh, reason, other than I had bought this really, really, really good rye from Canada called Alberta Premium, and I had remembered that I had watched. Uh, there is a guy on YouTube who makes drinks he's he's really fucking funny i do you know who i'm talking about evil i can't remember his name Ooh, uh what's it's, his it's called how to drink greg 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 yeah he, so he just does videos about cocktails yeah. and i remembered that his last he had alberta premium one of them so i decided to do manhattan so oh, it's nice. just yeah just two ounces of uh, Alberta Premium, one ounce of vermouth. I forgot which vermouth I used. Antica formula. Ooh, Carp- yeah, the Carpano yeah, Antica. That's good. Yeah, really, really strong. Really, mm. really good. And then I used uh, I used just your standard Angostura bitters, and I nice. I used a little bit of grapefruit bitters in this one, and I kind of like it. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking. We've got a Manhattan. We've got two whiskeys that's what we're drinking uh once again extremely excited to have evil here for anybody that wants to get to know him a little bit he's got some instagrams he's got his main instagram is what is it stan megaton 
Yeah, that's just my personal one. His um, personal, nothing... and then he's got at is it Atro Strength? At Atrox Strength, A T R O X Strength. Are you a personal trainer, or do you just work? Yeah, so with... I've been a, a, a kettlebell focused strength coach for going on eight years. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then uh, he's also. <laughs> He's got some pretty fucking fantastic art, and he's been go- you've been going hardcore at it lately too. You're really trying. I to... have. Yeah. Yeah. I studied art in college. I I uh, was a computer science, mathematics, computer science guy, but I also uh, had a second major in art, and I kind of just I don't know set that aside for a good chunk of my life. And with the pandemic and the lockdowns and stuff, I'm like, man, if there's any time to pivot into like something passionate to do for the rest of my life, now's the time. And my, my training business had basically died just because people aren't, you know? Yeah. And so I, I took the opportunity to enroll in a, an art school based out of San Diego that has a pretty robust online program and we'll see where it goes, but I'm um, looking yeah. at doing a lot more art in the, in the future. Yeah. So keep an awesome. eye out for that. He'll have some, if you just go to his ads and check those out, eventually he'll have those on. He's going to be on here for, we're going to, 97 is not the only year we're going to do. So <laughs> he'll be back. That's it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and then we're going to get into 1997. We will be right back. All right, we are back. Back. We are ready. 1997. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through basic pop culture history sort of crap. Just get that out of the way so people can kind of get a feel for, oh yeah, that's what was going on back then. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. died in 97. Mm. Death of Princess Diana Pathfinder landed on Mars. Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov. I think it's Gary, right? Oh, Did I just mess that, that up? Yeah. It's Gary Kasparov. Kasparov. Hong Kong goes back to the Chinese rule from the UK. Mother Teresa died. Mike Tyson bit Hollyfield in the ear. That's right. <laughs> the Philosopher's Stone is published in the UK, which in 98, it was changed to... What is it? Sorcerer's Stone here. Sorcerer's Stone. And then movies, the big movies that year were Titanic of course. And then I think the consensus is that this is one of the greatest movies of all time. At least when I talk to the people, they all say this Batman and Robin, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> sure. That was high top cinema. Of my list. And then the other thing I'm going to do is what the top 10 was. Most all of it was not from 97. Anyway, number one was uh, wannabe by spice girls. Uh, number two was the tragic kingdom. By No Doubt. Number three was Falling Into You by Celine Dion. Number four was the Space Jam soundtrack. Number five was Pieces of You by Jewel. Number six was Blue by Leanne Rimes. Number seven was Bringing Down the Horse by The Wallflowers. Number eight was Live After Death by B.I.G. Number nine was Secrets by Tony Braxton. And number ten was Razorblade Suitcase by Bush. The number one single that year was Elton John, was Candle in the Wind. That Elton John redid for princess diana so i want to talk about that that's right why did nobody 
have a problem mm-hmm. with that. Why was it just like, hey, you know this song that I wrote about Marilyn Monroe? Fuck Marilyn Monroe. This is now about Princess Diana. Why? What was that? What, was that not weird Dude, at all? people love Diana so damn much. She could, yeah, so I write mean, another song. Like, write a different <laughs> song. <laughs> That's probably the proper response. Another question. The posthumous rap albums. Because... Tupac and B.I.G. for the next like three or four years had hit albums. Right. And Tupac released more albums <laughs> when after he was dead. He right? was dead. Yes. Like, like, two or, like two or three more yeah. full studio albums than he yeah. recorded while alive. Are You Still Down came out in 97 yeah. and it was like all the yeah. unreleased stuff that his, I think what his mom owned the rights and, and they yeah. started pumping that stuff out. There's something that doesn't sit well with me with the whole Puff Daddy, I'll be missing uh, you kind of, I don't know. It's fucking weird how much they cash yeah, you in. throw on a shiny on... suit and distraction yeah. and they look over here and... Yeah. Exactly. We're selling albums, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think that was part so of the you, reason, like, I, I avoided hip-hop and rap so hard during mm-hmm. this time. It wasn't mm-hmm. just this year, but it was, like, the, the that mid to late 90s. I avoided rap, and there's this a lot of stuff This was not a good that, time for rap. This was not. I don't... You're not a big hip-hop guy, Evil, but I know... You know your stuff. Like, we talked about it before. Were you listening to rap at all back then? Uh, here and there. I'm not... I wasn't the guy, like... You know, combing through all the new releases and stuff. But if something's good, it's good. Yeah. Uh, there was stuff on my radar for sure. An album we might talk about, Buster Rhymes. I loved his stuff from that year. I mean, the percussion, his just the weirdness. A yes. lot of the music from that time I associate with music videos, and he was so yeah. visual. And, he was. Oh my Very god. Very in your yeah. face. Yeah. 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 I love that you brought up Buster Rhymes because I, like I just said, I, I avoided hip hop. Uh, as a genre pretty heavy but that was like the gateway back in buster rhymes somehow broke through that barrier at least among Mm -hmm. my little group then buster rhymes would do one of these crazy videos yes you know it it was like being you were tripped out like the the whole thing's like an lsd fucking trip anyway buster rhymes would come out with something like that and all of a sudden like all my you know metalhead friends are like oh yeah that's pretty that's kind of cool yeah yeah buster rhymes came out with when disaster strikes in 97 and Mm -hmm. that from that year it is with a bullet my favorite rap album yeah yeah, for sure from 97 that is it's an incredibly good rap album Mm -hmm. and it i love i fucking love buster rhymes always have you pick that over will smith same year Ah. getting jiggy with it (laughs) Big Willie style. Is that rap? Is that rap? <laughs> Can we just call that one big commercial? That's pretty much. <laughs> so before we go any further, first off, if, if this is the first time that Sven and Evil have ever met. Yeah. Even yeah. getting ready for this, I've been kind of the mediator between, and I think even Sven almost purposely not really interacting this is the first time that they've ever met so it's kind of first date yeah totally (laughs) blind date so anyway what so what we're gonna do now we're gonna do a little bit of a friendship test here oh shit we are going to guess what each other's favorite albums were from 1997 and I'll go ahead and start since I'm the only one that knows both of the other people. Oh here. my gosh. Like, I've been thinking about this for like three days and I'm still okay. So I'm gonna start with you, Evil. Okay. Evil, I I know your musical taste yes. now. It was hard for me to guess what it was back then. To me, there were some choices that would have been kind of easy, like the Deftones would have been kind of a I feel like an easy one to try. 
And then I also know, which I'm going to let you talk about him later on, but there is a very specific artist that you are in love with that came out with a couple things from this year. So I could have gone with one of his projects, so I decided not to do that. I even thought about, I think this was the year Cold Chamber came out with their <laughs> debut is. album. And I can totally I, see Evil listening to I may have, Cold Chamber. I may have sung along to Loco <laughs> yeah, at their there concert. You go. But I decided to go with The More Things Change by Machine Head. Mm. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of an unknown, but it's a great heavy band. That's a very good educated guess. For Sven, I was, I couldn't figure out if you were going to be in your like hippie Hare Krishna (laughs) phase or your super grunge phase. So I could have gone like Dispatch because Dispatch came with an, came out with an album then, or maybe you were doing the grungy underground stuff, Pavement. Or that sort of thing. I've been trying to choose between two for the last, the whole week. And I almost went with Transistor by 311 because their rhythm section yeah. is just insane. Mm-hmm. Their drummer and right. their bass right. players. Peanut, Peanut and Peanut some slapper. Yeah. But I ended up going heavier. Mm. I ended up going Science by Incubus. Ooh. Yeah. We will talk about that because, uh, yeah, yeah, I... I've got at least like two words to say about science. Okay, so those are my. I've got science for uh, Svenji, and I've got more things changed for uh, evil. What Sven? I'll let you go. What do you What do you got? Oh my good god! I I'm not gonna guess Foo Fighters just based on <laughs> the last two episodes <laughs> yeah. discussion. For anyone that didn't listen to the last two episodes, uh, you don't hate the Foo Fighters, but the color and the shape is co- not my favorite. Uh, right? No. Right. I right. don't love it. Right. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, there's, I see a couple back there on your wall that I don't want to say because I don't know, man. I okay. Because you hope that I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just like. I honestly, for a minute, was thinking like Silverchair because they they came out with Freak Show from us jamming and things. I, yep. I feel like that might fit right into there. My my next thought automatically was Radiohead because I think well, OK Computer came out ninety seven. Kind of want to go with that. I'd be pretty shocked if any of us ever gets one of these right. Honestly. Yeah, maybe like uh, once, maybe once or Super twice. Sure but, Freak Show yeah. was kind of like my my last pick, but I feel like it's wrong. Uh, but I'm gonna go with it. Freak Show for you, Evil. I really knew nothing. Like, so I'm gonna give you what I what I. Hanson and Hanson. <laughs> Han- yeah, totally right. I was I was trying not to bring up Hanson this whole but oh yeah i can't believe i'm the first one that fucking brought up hansen how did that happen (laughs) middle of nowhere but i'm really hoping it's something like like dream theater did dream theater come out with an album in 97 okay so it's probably not it but yeah falling into infinity came out it's definitely it's not the best dream theater album yeah so i'm i'm sticking with dream theater because i i I really have no reason. Why not? Knowing James, that's not a terrible answer. Yeah, Yeah, that's not. All right, what about you, James? For you, I, in a premeditated state, just because it's at the top of so many album, like, best Mm -hmm. of lists for not just 1997, but forever, I was just going to say Radiohead. Yeah. Because that's the easy choice. And... I have no idea what to pick for spend. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, yeah. Um, it's like a shot oh, in the dark, God. isn't it? Did you, 
Did you go Bjork because his name sounds Swedish? <laughs> or or I, like, I, like he's from Greenland? Let's do that. Homogenic. <laughs> Why not? That, that's as good of... I love like, that. <laughs> all right. Okay. So there, there oh, we totally. go. Um, those are our those are our picks for each other, and I am sure that we're dead accurate on every single one of them. <laughs> I want to real quick. I want to, and I was actually impressed with these going back soundtracks. There are oh, yeah. some good soundtracks yes. this year. We have right. Lost Highway. I love yeah. that. One. We have yeah. Spawn, Spawn, Batman and I, Robin. Yeah, like the Spawn soundtrack. I remember when that came out. I didn't take it out of my CD player I or agree. my CD chain, whatever. For it was like it lived there. Back it had then, a permanent yes. spot in rotation for like at least a couple uh, months. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. album though. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and you had bands back then coming out with songs specifically for soundtracks. You had like yes. Smashing Pumpkins came out with what I think are two of their best songs that year for soundtracks. What's funny is like one of my favorite songs from that year and when i discovered it was released in 97 i'm like fuck yeah going on my list what is it Uh, so the the movie was cruel intentions (laughs) that came out in 97 no cruel intentions did not Oh, the song the the song by the verve oh bittersweet Bittersweet symphony Symphony. that was on my playlist pretty heavy at that time Yep. I guess we'll yep. count soundtracks. I don't see any of us picking one as our favorite, but who knows? Like it could happen, and I wouldn't be. There are certain soundtracks that I could totally see being top five of a year. Let's see. This was kind of the Aerosmith came out with an album this year. I doubt any of us are gonna. But it was finally kind of the end of their crying, amazing, crazy <laughs> phase. I think that was why we celebrated that album. Is it finally like you didn't have to listen to? Yeah. Crying. And then of course the most transitional and important of all bands came out with their first album that year of course you both know that i'm talking about limp biscuit <laughs> was that hot dog whatever something no that or, was that was like the third one? album that was their third um, album okay i don't even know what the you see I'm a, I'm a huge fred durst fan yeah, who isn't <laughs> this was um, their debut album I actually really liked it back then. You did? <laughs> yeah. I did. Hey, I didn't. I, I liked Limp Bizkit the first time I I completely discarded it. that band after their third album, uh, the hot dog flavored water yeah. one. But going back and listening to it, I'm like, oh my God, I kind of actually like some of these songs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the one they redid the George Michael this song one, on? This yeah, one. This was this Faith. One. Okay. Yeah, this was yeah. Faith. Faith. Yeah. Okay. So Faith, I thought, was a good cover. I don't know that I can name any other tracks off of this one. There's a song know. on there, Counterfeit, that I I really like. I really oh, like it. Oh, all about the he said, she said, bullshit. Yeah. That's no, that was album. the next That was the next, the next one? Album. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm really yeah, disappointed see. in your lack of Limp Biscuit knowledge, I, Ben. Well, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I was like into corn, and I'm like, who's these? who are these people trying to- <laughs> Trying like, to sound like corn. Like stepping on corn's market. Corn has- Officially apologized for Limp Biscuit too, by the way. In an interview, like John Davis said, "Look, I I need to officially apologize for Limp Biscuit." <laughs> That's really it as far as any sort of big music news or culture or anything like that. So what we're gonna do now is we're all just gonna do a little bit of a free for all on this year. It can be as little or as long as you want it to be. I think I'll let. Sven, start. Just tell us your thoughts on 97. At that time, I didn't Mm -hmm. listen to a lot of the current music. Um, There was stuff you couldn't avoid. For the most part, this was was kind of, 
I was in like that hippie phase listening to a bunch of, yeah, stuff that was at that point, you know, 30 years old. But the highlights for me, right? I'll go back to, so Metallica (laughs) came out. (laughs) I was a Metallica fan. A lot of their older stuff. Ride the Lightning, I think, was my favorite album of theirs for for Very nice. Yeah, you're scoring points with Jim right now. Yes. (laughs) Everyone, I played guitar, so everyone played songs off the Black album. But I remember that, so Reload came out. I liked half of the album. I hated the other half of the album. I remember seeing them on Saturday Night Live performing a couple tracks from that album. And I wasn't really sold until this was the weirdest thing. The drunk this lady guy I knew. Oh, well, look, well, yeah. Who was she the, on on a uh, uh, memory remains? Yeah, I don't know. Memory nah, remains. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. that's uh, Marianne nah, Faithful. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marianne yeah. Faithful. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy I knew who was much older than me. He he actually flew on a plane with the tour manager for Metallica, and on that plane got free tickets to the show here in Boise. Up to that point in my life, as a a 14-year-old kid, I hadn't gone unchaperoned to very many concerts. Disclaimer, I was raised by a pastor. So anyway, the stipulation was that he wanted to go, so he had two tickets. I went with him. And I remember that being like the craziest show. They played a lot of the Black Album, which I was familiar with. They played a lot of older stuff. I think this was just like pandering to <laughs> mm-hmm. the fans here. They did the singles they had to off of yeah. Reload. Yeah. When you're a band like Metallica, though, it can be the fucking hot take of the episode. I feel like you owe it to your fans to do that, to play your old shit. I went and I saw Nine Inch yeah. Nails in Seattle probably about six years ago. I mean, it was a beautiful show, entertaining, but they played all of the shit that Reznor had was just about to or had just come out with. Nobody is coming to your concert to hear that. I, I don't know. If they do yeah. a half and half, sure. maybe. Know your role, but, right. man. Know your right. fans. Yeah. yeah. One of the greatest concerts that I've ever been to in my life, and Evil Came, uh, was four or five dudes. We went and saw Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. And it was just oh. a greatest hits concert. Yeah. It was all of these songs that we all grew up on. Oh, it was. They didn't play any B-sides. It was just all fucking plush and sex type thing and yes. interstate love song. That's what people are going yeah. to hear. Metallica definitely, I think, identified with that because they, they blasted through the new album as fast as they could and then went right back to the old stuff. Yep. Was this the, the show where at the very end the light bulb came yes! down? Yes! Yes! I was there. Okay. Yeah. I was and, there. And, 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 and I was mostly disappointed that uh, Corrosion of Conformity, the sound guy just like wrecked their whole set. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but the Metallica, yeah, Met- I, I am on board with exactly everything you said with Metallica. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they played the old stuff when I was rocking. Yeah. As far as '97 for me, that a lot of my '97 stuff is kind of like that. Like Evil. I don't know if if we've gotten the rundown here. Uh, David doesn't count live albums. They don't fucking count. But uh, <laughs> Pantera, <laughs> Pantera released the greatest of all the Pantera, and yeah. it was like i don't know uh <laughs> official it was like the 101 proof i think yes, that was called that was 101 it. proof mm-hmm. yeah it was weird it was a weird year for me because i was part grunge part metalhead part hippie so any anyway, other notes though like now looking back there's actually songs that i like more now that came out in 97 like built to spill released uh perfect, perfect from, from now, now on, on. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great album. That I mean, it's not my favorite. It's not mine either. Album, but it's good. I love the band, and it's a, it's a yep. good album. Elliot Smith. Yeah, I I didn't even discover him until I was in my twenties. So I, I'm glad you're touching on him because I've never been a huge. It's it's not the type of music I choose to listen to. Yeah, but it's. That yeah. dude was fucking talented. I feel a lot the same way because I don't think that I like nowadays. I like happy music that makes me want to move, and you don't go put on Elliot Smith no. if you want to no. be happy no. <laughs> and dance around. Um, it was artful. Mm-hmm. It made you think. I, I didn't have the appreciation for that kind of music when I was fourteen, but at that age, I did like stuff like The Prodigy. Right? Fat they came the out land. with uh, the Fat, yeah, of, the fat of the Land. Firestarter, yes. breathe and smack my. Be- I, I mean, I don't know. So you can't say smack my be- anymore. I'll but bleep it. That, that was a song. <laughs> um, you know, Rams. Oh. Rammstein. Who has the Ger- you? You have a bunch of German beer, right? I do. Rammstein came out with uh, with, yeah. with their. That was their first. Had, I just remember Du Hast. Yes. Uh, yeah. One that I, I guess I got to throw out. Um, but before uh, you I, leave Rammstein, really quick, Evil, you probably remember this more than we do. Was Duhast big then, or was it? Why am I remembering that it was bigger later on? Yeah, it was. Was it? In, it was big for me. Yeah. It was. I mean, I I might have a skewed outlook just because my musical propensities, but I remember it being for big. For some reason, I remember it getting big around like two thousand or 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 ninety nine. Well, or they were like in a Vin Diesel movie, Triple X, and I don't know if anyone actually knew what they were live until yeah. that movie. And like the fire and the muscles yeah. and the German and yeah and and so maybe that was like a spike in that song. You know what else like, they were into I, that, that I could be... that I written down somewhere I think, but I had just remembered is the CKY videos. Yeah, started oh in like God. started in like '99, yes. I think. I love CKY. So I think that that was another reason why they got that song got big. Okay, that makes sense. Speaking of CKY, why did I not pick him for your favorite freaking... I don't know why CKY (laughs) reminded me of that, but him... I I get it. I I get the thought process. That makes sense. I I remember being really into XNA on the Ombre. Yeah. The the Offspring released that year. Mostly because I had a bunch of skater friends, and so we'd listen... Like, No Effects came out with... Yeah, No Effects. I don't know if it was like their second or third. This was was a year for kind of the... Half, what do you call it? Soft punk, like Ataris <laughs> and No Effects, and yeah, Blink One Eighty Two released something. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Offspring knew yeah. how to write. They yeah. did. They really catchy did. shit. And I don't, th- I don't think Xne on the Ombre is anywhere near as good as their first. Uh, no. Is it Smash? Oh, no, I love Smash. Smash was Smash was, Smash was on a whole yeah. other level. Yeah. But yeah, there was. Oh, Green Day did the same thing. They came out with Nim. Was Nimrod, yeah, Nimrod that year? We can talk about Green Day later. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna wait till I'm drunk and mad to talk about fucking Nimrod. Okay, fuck. Well, then I was, I'm not going to go into how Dookie measures up to Nimrod. I like that. I, I think I remember more about what I don't like, no. which which is funny because now, Hanson Mbop. I, I listen to that album now, and as much as I hated Hanson, wait, 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 it was probably wait, jealousy. Wait, 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 wait. Were... You listened to the Hanson album to get ready for it? I have listened to the entire... Yes. Oh. I love you, Sment. I think that you can give, like, like take the song Mbop and give it to somebody else. And it's a fucking yeah. awesome song. The writing was good. The, it was the, produced by the Dust Brothers. I mean, great production. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which I think is why it had the success it did. I actually, honestly, now I've heard them play now as that now that they're all adults and have kids. And they well, have and I'm not and completely they, unconvinced that Hanson and Silverchair aren't the same band. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
I don't know if this is true. This is the quote, apparently paraphrased, but they were talking, I think about Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and one of them, one of the brothers says, hey, we're an actual boy band. Those guys are all old and they don't play instruments. They should be called a man group. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I forgot. Backstreet Boys came out with some stuff that year. Yeah, we don't need to touch on that. You don't want to touch about that? No, yeah. I'll edit this all out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then I'm gonna while you're editing stuff out, like Chumba Wamba came out with Tub Thumper too. And honestly, like oh that gosh. was an earworm hey. that I hate. The, the lyrics song, to that are I... fun, man. It's all about getting fucking pissed drunk. I'm <laughs> okay is. with that. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird year for me, man. That's why I was like, how the hell did you pick 97? Like, like 96 would have been cool. 99, I'll go I had into some shit why that... I chose 97. I didn't want to have some big, huge, massive album or that sort of thing that I knew that we were going to have to try to touch uh... on, which is ironic because I'm... OK Computer is behind me, which a lot of people consider right. like the greatest rock album ever made. But when I looked at 97, all I saw was everything around it. 96, 95, 98 had just these massive albums that people still talk about. And then 97 just had a bunch of stuff that I was like, OK. So goddamn you, it was on purpose. It was. It was totally on purpose. <laughs> That's kind of when I first started studying for this year in relation to the years around it, honestly, it kind of sucked. And I was kind of expecting this podcast to be like a why 97 became the year that music started to get shitty again, because we had been so spoiled in the early nineties with oh. one of those very mm. few eras mm. where pop music was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Not, not just good, but insane. Like, right. Canonically great. It right. hadn't yeah. been, yeah. The, the pop music hadn't been that good since, since like the sixties when, when fucking Jimi Hendrix <laughs> yeah. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and then we started to get all the people trying to be the people like this year we had the copies of copies. You start yeah. getting the yeah. bands like Limp Biscuit, and you start getting the bands like fucking Creed and you start getting Creed. I thought we were going to go at least two more hours before <laughs> yeah. somebody said Creed. In, in, in oh. researching this, I came across a blog post that claims that the two worst weeks in music history happened in 1997. <laughs> and in that two-week period, there were albums released by Sugar Ray, Ooh. Limp Bizkit, Ooh. and uh, Smash Mouth. <laughs> and oh. they're like, it's, it's the, the, the goatee triumvirate of hell or something oh, like that. Oh, God, I, I forgot about Sugar Ray. That was the one that had yeah. that I Just Want to Fly song. Damn, about. that's yeah. bad. Oh. Yeah. But the more I listened... Not only, A, are there albums from this year that are extremely nostalgic for me. And it also, this year was so transitional. Yes. This is when synth rock started to come back into, this is when you started to get mm. Portishead and Daft mm -hmm. Punk and Crystal yes. Method. And like, OK Computer was, right. blew everybody's lid off. Bowie's album this year. Yes. Super. It was very like electronically yes. influenced. Very. The magic of Bowie is Bowie has always been able to, I don't know if somebody puts a bug in his ear that's, hey, right. you know what's coming out this year? He's never behind no. on anything. No. He's in front of the wave. The it's, wave's like the trend. He, he's surfing in yes. front of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Bowie. This is when I think it officially, it, grunge was pretty much dead. Yep. You know, Kurt was dead. Mm -hmm. Lane was basically dead. And a lot of the stuff that I listened to back then, 
I listen to a lot of Everclear, uh, Our Lady Peace. I listen to mm-hmm. a lot of that sort of stuff. But then if you look back at what Radiohead was able to do, and if you like electronic music, if you go back and you listen to Portishead, yeah. that 97 Portishead album is so ahead of its fucking time. Very much. And uh, Depeche Mode's album, I don't know, I've always had a soft spot for Depeche Mode, and they, they were really on point with the whole dark 90s kind of... I feel like the movie Seven brought on this whole weird dark you know i don't know that was a good movie so too. yeah that's yeah. oh man yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was. okay so did did voivod show up at all I think voivod. Yeah. voivod yeah yeah anyone's i love metal radar and i'm a metal head and i have i never really got into them and that album in particular i'm just like ah, I, I can't i don't know i struggle yeah. to understand that because i had friends that loved so it yeah and i was hoping one of you guys <laughs> <laughs> was yes, gonna explain to me why I feel like I was... I'm on the outside of an inside joke with that band okay. sometimes. Uh, and okay, always same have. here. We also already touched on it mostly, but to me, this was a really bad time for rap. Not just because of what was going on, but everything was so fucking overproduced. Yes, you had all the Fat Joe stuff was coming out and. Puff Daddy was doing all oh, the. Oh God! Well, you, yeah, this was the rap was more of a was becoming more of a cheesy it was commercial it was so commercial mm. it was branding yeah. Yeah. it was all about yeah. marketing and branding and then you get like puff daddy that just he says he's a rapper but all he does on everybody else's album is go yeah <laughs> uh-huh there was a jay-z album yeah that was kind of like he was on the come yes. up there was like missy elliott had a mm-hmm. great album missy had yes yeah, that was a highlight for me. Super Duper Fly. Super Duper Fly, that's right. But yeah, that's pretty much my rundown of 97. It, it's it's a year that's jammed in the middle of a bunch of better years. Really right. is. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so what about you, James? Give us your 97. Oh, I have thoughts. Yeah. I have thoughts. Give them to so, us. So I initially, just like Sven, I'm like, why did he pick this year? <laughs> it's, this is like a hinge year in music. Not just music styles, but in the whole industry. And so I started poking into things a little bit. I love storytelling. And I think the story of music changed that year dramatically from something that happened the previous year. So in 1996, there was a new law signed by President Clinton, the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Prior to that, there were tons of media corporations that owned record labels and Mm -hmm. television stations, radio stations, whatever. After that, by like 2000, 2001, six, like Viacom, Disney, all the big ones, that's it. It was a massive consolidation of media. And I think what happened was the great music from the early 90s, the, the here, like where we're at in, you know, the Boise, Idaho area, there was a the station that cropped up. It was called Power 100. And then eventually it changed to Pirate, Pirate Radio, Radio. And then it changed Pirate to the Radio. X. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And every, they played Metallica. They played, you know. I used to live in the neighborhood with the guy that ran Pirate Radio out of his freaking house yeah, or something yeah. like that. And they played they played this weird eclectic mix of stuff. Yep. There was like, yeah. you know, pop punk, grunge, metal. And with that telecommunications act, that kind of stopped. And you started seeing music getting shoved into these silos, these playlists that large corporations had kind of like their their thumb on, you know, and in a lot of ways killed the the avenue mm-hmm. of those bands, like those kind of in between, like bands like Cake, who I love, 
they just didn't have a place anymore. The stuff that I liked, rock and metal, it it simultaneously became lighter and heavier. Mm-hmm. And that sort of middle of the road, which is kind of the sweet spot, you know, bands like Alice in Chains, you know, very nuance, nuance went away. That's essentially what happened. Yep. You know, how do you go from like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Sound, the big four from Seattle, how do you go from that to like Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah. And, and <laughs> I don't want to sound like a bragging on, but did like Dave Matthews a band. That was like yeah. a great band, great songwriters, but it's, it's not the same thing. And yet that's kind of what those stations were carrying at that time. And then things split. So that happened in 96. And then 1998, that was the invention of autotune, autotune. And then shortly after that, Pro Tools introduced uh, a plugin that quantized, Quantized. it was was called Beat Detective, to allow them to quantize stuff. So music just became basically... You didn't have to be good. Mechanical. No, no, very mechanical. It's like they had these factories cranking out stuff for certain playlists to make, it was all about money. I absolutely love that you brought that up because that actually makes sense why we're talking about 97 now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, David. Hey, look, in my heart of hearts, I feel like we're doing every year. What, what do you want to do like 92 right away and then never be able to talk about it again? Like, I'm, t- I'm trying to save you, man. <laughs> to kind of get back on track, for me, looking back at 97, I like kind of dug into the story of what was going on in the industry. I found out that happened. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And so that's yeah. why we have yeah. that year was literally the birth of new metal. But in 97, you've got you have a Deftones album. You have mm-hmm. not one, but two Incubus albums, an EP, and then Science. You've got Sugar Ray, Cold Chamber, Seven Dust, Limp Biscuit, Saliva, Head P.E., Papa Roach. That's just, those are the ones that most people would know. Fucking Head P.E. Head came P. out with the 97 Yeah, debuts. Album. Debuts of oh, Cold wow. Chamber. That was their self-title, right? Uh, yeah, See, it was. I'm still learning Cold things. Chamber, Seven Dust, Limp Biscuit, Saliva, Head P.E., and Papa Roach. All debuted in 97. Why do we know those bands? Because radio stations change and they started playing that stuff more. I don't know if you guys remember this. Incubus Science. So they had an enhanced CD-ROM version of their CD. That was like a thing back then. They don't even... You can stick in a computer. Yes, yes. And that's the technology was like so kind of on the the bleeding edge at the time. And I specifically (laughs) remember they had like this game that you played. It was like a maze. I, I find these like internet posts, like Reddit posts and stuff. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And someone's like, oh yeah, I can't get that stuff to run on my computer anymore. And I'm like, what a weird time. The music I listened to from 1997, I didn't even know about in 1997. I discovered it years later. What a weird year for music. That's really it for kind of our thoughts on 97. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're actually going to talk about our favorites. We're going to make a few lists together. We're going to give out a couple, you know, awards, talk about a few specific categories. Uh, We will be right back. Okay, we are back. Let's talk some awards. Let's talk some categories. Let's Ooh. let's talk Ooh. about the best ofs, the worst ofs. Let's do all that. Let's let's shit on some bands. <laughs> yeah. On some bands. First one we're gonna do. I want to give out awards for who we think is the 
breakout artist or album of the year. It doesn't necessarily oh, have to be a first album, first category. I'll go first. Sven, you touched on this for me. I've got a big soft spot in my heart, but this was the first him album. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, I fucking love him. The other one that I almost picked was Daft Punk. They were at the ground floor of something that was about to mm-hmm. be huge. We did, we had no idea how huge, but in the end, mm-hmm. I went with Blur. Ooh, Blur, Blur! Wow, two seconds of a song. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. They set up not only themselves but the Gorillas, mm-hmm. basically for the next twenty-five years. Yeah. So that's my pick for breakout artist. I went with Blur. Let's go to Sven. Wow. Well, yeah, fuck what do you, you got? Because you just took mine. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you literally. <laughs> <laughs> when you started going on, when you started talking about him, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm safe. <laughs> That's the top of my list with an asterisk right next to it. Blur, the album Blur, their self-titled. <laughs> All right, so we both picked Blur. What wow. are the fucking odds of that? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> James doesn't no. strike me as a blur type guy. <laughs> no. This might be unpopular with one of you, but I have to go with Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape. Yeah. I love Monkey Wrench. That song is like, to this day, I still listen yeah. to it. But like some of the singles from that album were enormous, ever long, ever long enormous. Still. Yeah. To so, this day. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because <laughs> we had already talked about them almost ad nauseum for the last two weeks, but that is... Mm-hmm. That's an excellent choice for Breakout. And honestly, if I had even thought about it, that that's probably the right choice. Next category, height of power. Yeah. Was this the height of Oof. power for any bands? Hanson. It's a great answer. <laughs> no, you're right, okay. though. You're not wrong. Name, name oh, any other Hanson song that did no, not come out you're, in 97. I'm, you're not wrong. Right? Uh, what about you, Evil? I'm going to go with Ani DeFranco. Living in Clip. Living oh, in Clip. Yeah. Yes. Living in Clip. Everybody I was in school with had that album. Really cool. I have two things for my height of power. One of them was Living in Clip. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's the only one that I know that anyone owns, and everybody knew that fucking album. Mm-hmm. So do live albums count? <laughs> That's <laughs> touche. It's all Dave. My height of power is the hybrid swing ska. The uh, mighty mighty Boston, big bad voodoo daddy, ooh. cherry poppin' daddies yeah. shit that was coming out. I'm not so shit. I loved it. I listened to that shit. I loved cherry poppin' daddies <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, I wasn't a big mighty mighty Boston's fan, but I I. I dug the kind of the swing whatever and, and this wasn't this wasn't the biggest year for the whole swing revival mm-hmm. but this was the year that like the Mighty Mighty Boston's had their thing uh, Rubik, Real Big yeah. Fish came out with an album Goldfinger came out with uh the album that yep. had Superman on it which still, to this day, is like anytime I see anything Tony Hawk related. <laughs> As that, that's what it should be. This was the last year. This was the year when it, when people were like, okay. Hey, the radio plays what they want you to hear. See, what happened was is they sold out. Yes, All right. exactly. <laughs> okay, let's talk about our albums that we think have aged really poorly or really well. Evil, why don't you why don't you start this one off? All of the new metal stuff is aged so poorly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I I like it, but it's just I do too. oh my god. I loved the Incubus stuff back then, and I listen to it now. I'm like, mm. mine 
aging poorly. I was pretty into Primal Scream, their album they came out with. Mm-hmm. Don't like it anymore. I I listened to it this week. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. We already talked about Prodigy, Fat of the Land. I listened mm-hmm. I listened to that so much back then. Too much. I... Like Breathe and Firestarter and yeah. And then uh, Exne on the Ombre. It, it just that listening to that again at my age, I'm like, okay, so Smash was the Offspring album. That's pretty right. much yeah. Yeah. Perfect from now on has Bill grown Spill. for me. The Lonesome Crowded mm-hmm. West Modest Mouse album. What about you, Sven? Okay, so one thing that I was really into at the time. Uh, so live, the band live came out with Secret, uh, Secret Smudge. Oh yeah. yeah, right. There was a there was a song on there called Lakini's yeah. Juice. Let's go hang out in a bar. I was so obsessed with you know. It's I, not we, too far. We've talked. We'll take my car. We, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's rattlesnakes. Sorry. Okay, now I'm actually gonna let you talk. Like, my obsession with sound design and a certain noise or a certain sound or a certain snare drum or a certain something, there was this metallic clink in Lakini's juice that I obsessed over because I could not figure out what it was. And it was it's probably just the way they're strumming their pickups with their hands. And I thought it was the greatest, most magical thing on the planet. And now I listen back to that whole album yeah. and I'm like, shit, I, I listened to that album I this like week. Life. I was getting down. I like that. I f- they were trying to be REM a little bit, and they a just weren't. Bit. They just weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Like you can't be REM, bro. No. Like, why, why, why would try? you want to be? Hey, be careful. Along <laughs> <laughs> with that, like, and, and then I I touched on Guar a little bit. Um, obviously, this doesn't need to be say, said. That Guar doesn't. A, I, I don't you know, better be, that knows who dude. Is. Uh, Sven, you better be fucking careful because you want to talk about hardcore fans. Guar, you better watch out. You're gonna get. Yeah. You're gonna get death threats. You start Real. talking shit about Guar. <laughs> Chris Hazen's gonna come shoot you. That actually, I'm gonna let that lead us into listening to at the time versus now. Uh, the reason I'm going to let that lead into this is because my album for listening to at the time versus now reload, I listened to reload (laughs) more than anything that year. I've, I've, I loved reload. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me (laughs) that's a great fucking starting track. It really is. It is. I mean, it really is. Uh, what about you, Evil? What do I listen to from 97 today? You, you foreshadowed this earlier. Devin Townsend released two albums in 1997 that are phenomenal. One was Strapping Young Lad with City. Yep. And what I might consider to be his greatest album is Ocean Machine Biomech, which is so... I mean, I, I could listen to that album every day. He's a genius, and I didn't find that until well into the 2000s. You turned me on to Devin Townsend, and it's true. He, the guy's a machine. Like, he, he's, he, he's a musical genius, yeah. and he cranks out music like crazy. He's yeah. just like a factory for amazing musical arrangements. I mean, I don't know yeah. how else to, to describe his music. The one other band that I, I want to reference that... I discovered later who released an album in 1997 is in flames. Oracle. That was early two thousands. I discovered a, a few metal bands and that was like a huge shift in my musical taste. And in flames was one of the top ones of those bands. 
and they released two albums. They released Horacle in 97 and then the next album, Colony. And those albums changed, like literally changed my, my musical life. I'll tell you that I'm not a, I'm not saying that they're death metal, but I'm not a, a screamo metal fan. Yeah, I sure. have to be in an extremely specific mood to listen sure. to that. Yeah, but I completely I, get it. Horacle, I listened to it this week. And you're right. That, that album is phenomenal. And I have one other band I want to touch on here a little bit and i might kind of go off the rails a bit talking about them but it also ties into that telecommunications act i talked about earlier do you guys remember the band the refreshments yeah Yeah. they released an album in 1997 called the bottle and fresh horses that i absolutely love so they they had a a couple of big hits off of fizzy fuzzy big Mm -hmm. and buzzy yeah Um, their record label changed executives and they put out a single that they didn't even want to put out as a band and then got cut. And what happened is they essentially sort of like arose from the ashes because of the change in the landscape of the music industry. They were one of the first bands that like self-promoted. They put out an album over the internet. Uh, they, they changed to Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Roger Klein's the singer. And they, it was a, he and PH Nafa, the drummer, formed a new band, and they put out multiple albums, all independently. And for those of you that would don't know this, that need to know this, they uh, wrote and performed the same yes, theme did. song for yep, King of the Hill. They absolutely right. did. They found a way out of the music industry into a a, a working band life. There is a documentary about this it's called here's to life that's the perfect way to end that for what about what about you sven there's there's you want to talk dark metal here um demu borg i don't even know demu borg here yeah borg here <laughs> yeah right um so they came out with like enthroned darkness mm-hmm. yeah something enthroned darkness triumph or something they they're a band that i didn't discover until maybe i don't know five years ago five or six years ago oh wow uh, yeah so like way 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 past um and they've been around since like 95 or something like that yeah. they did come out with, they, they came out with an album in 97 like a lot of the stuff that i go back to and listen to now is like stuff that's just funny did you did you like jewel though she's got some poetry for sure she's got poetry no <laughs> I didn't see her going like the full no. out pop route. You know? No, no. I thought I thought she I had some there. I secretly love Jules for no. I thought she had at least a little bit. See? I really do. Oh, you fucking. You did. But like once she started it. doing like the whole. You guys suck. Sven loves Jewel. Let's move on. Uh, hidden gems, underrated albums. I'll start with an album that we haven't even talked about this yet, but. The more that this the, these last couple of weeks have gone on, the more I've listened to this album, the more I f- really fucking love it. Uh, Harvey Danger. Mm. Ooh. Uh, where have all the Merrymakers gone? Yeah. That was a Yeah, ni- oh. which which any of you yeah. that are listening will know the song uh, Flagpole Flag Sitter. Flagpole Sitter, yeah. 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 Let's see. So we've already talked about Slater Kinney. That was, that was a very underrated indie sort of thing. Uh, Dinosaur Jr. came out with a really good album oh, whoa. that year. And then the, the last one that I'll say for the underrated albums, I don't know if either of you are a big fan of Ween, <laughs> but Mollusk... The Ween album Mollusk came out in 97. Listen to that. It's this weird under... Super weird. It's this ocean concept album where they're doing like shanties. And it's 
it's so wiener they're adorable they are that band they are (laughs) this is the weenest of the ween albums with the the exception of maybe the weenest with the exception of maybe the the country they did a country album once that was fucking awesome but that's those are mine um that's amazing sven what about you um this uh we'll see like this was the year i got introduced to no effects Maybe they had one right before it, but it wasn't my favorite of their albums. But because of that, it was a gateway into later on. I have a list of some oddball notables that I wrote down that I don't know if people would know about, or I just wanted to like give some shout outs to some bands that I that I listened to and may have had like you know, interesting album or debut. So there's an there's a band from Sweden called the Helicopters, and they put out an album. Uh, called Paying the Dues that is phenomenal. Their whole catalog is phenomenal. The Donnas put out their first album in 1997. Holy shit. Kenny Wayne Shepherd put out, I think, his Holy second shit. album. Had Blue okay. on Black, which I yes. love. All right. Wow, that's another 97. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was 97. So, yes. wow, kudos. Sammy Hagar put out a great album in 1997 called Marching to Mars. The, yeah. the title track, Marching to Mars, is so good. It's yeah. so much better I, than Van Halen right. 3, which came out the next year. Alexi Leho, who is who passed away this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Their first album came out in 1997. Okay, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to do the big ones. We're going to do the mm-hmm. worst albums of the year. We're going to do who, who won 1997, and then we're going to rank our albums. So we're going to take one more break. In this big ol' episode, we we will be right back. We are back. Sven has chugged his water. We're good to go. We're getting right back into it. Let's start off with a bang. Sven, what are your worst albums of this year? Oh, fuck. The worst? We covered like the Offsprings release for the year and compared to yeah. their first release. So that's my that's my one cop out I'm going to take right now. Uh, XNA on the Ombre was kind of one of those. Meh, yeah. What about you, Evil? My worst album of 1997 goes to a band who was on top of the world at one point, who put out an album with, they basically ousted their lead singer, put out an album in 1994 with a completely different lead singer, completely different sound that I really liked. But most of the fans of the band were not, they didn't warm up to that album. And reunited with their original singer, they put out an album in 97. You know, this album sucked so badly, you probably don't even know about it. Motley Crue put out an album called Generation oh, yeah. Swine in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I don't have to say anything else. I had some runners up. I always thought they were pretty overrated even for a more indie whatever band, but Toad the Wet Sprocket came out with an album <laughs> this year called Coil. I didn't like that Rolling Stones came out with Bridge to Babylon. Yes. Yeah. I do not like that album. Can I change my um, answer to the Paul McCartney album that came out that year? Because oh, pie. Something pie? Actually, that, that <laughs> takes it for me. Sorry. Yeah, what is so it? You said Rolling uh, Stones. Something just clicked. I'm like, yep. So Bridge to Babylon, I hated for the Rolling Stones. And then, of course, my 
all time most overrated band, U2 came out with pop, which I also fucking hated. (sighs) But my number one, because these guys were my 15 year old Jesuses, but this actual punk band that comes out while I'm a kid, but an actual punk band comes out (laughs) and then they write time of your life. (laughs) Good riddance. Whatever the fuck it is. So my number one with a bullet Worst album of the year is Nimrod. Fuck Green Day. Those two-faced pie-eating bastards. That's a good one. Yeah. And then I'm... So I'm going to start off the very next one then. Who won 97? It doesn't have to be anything specific. It can be a genre. It can be a band. It can be a person. It can be anything. I am just going with electro slash ambiance rock. Mm. I really feel... I mean, OK Computer... Homogenic by Bjork, yeah. Daft Punk, Chemical Brothers, Portishead. This was when that genre really, really found themselves. It, it really did. Yeah. Sven, what about you? Who won 97? We beat the Foo Fighters to death. Yeah. Um, kind of want to land there. I think that Everclear is probably my runner-up. It's it's right up there with Foo Fighters. I remember listening to a ton of Everclear. Mm-hmm. I, I think just the way the album opens up, like that. It, that, it was like that, that Beach, Beach Boy acapella. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Awesome. James, who won 1997? I would say Fred Durst won 1997. Because he somehow convinced (laughs) us to wear Jinko jeans, (laughs) put our baseball caps on backwards, and listen to rapping over downtuned cars. I don't want (laughs) to give him credit for me wearing khaki pants. For (laughs) I'm sticking with that answer. I'm going with it. I like it. We are at the rankings. Very first one. We are all going to give our top three favorite 1997 albums. I'm going to go to Evil first. Evil. At number three, Ocean Machine Biomech, which is a Devin Townsend album. Yep. We talked about it earlier. It's an amazing album. It's not a metal album. It's a little bit heavier, but it's not necessarily what you would call a metal album. It's ambient, heavy rock, I guess. Check it out. It's amazing. Great orchestration. It gets better as you listen through the whole thing. Number two, I'm going to put In Flames, Horacle. That's a great album. One of my favorite albums of all time. My number one, and this might be controversial with one of you, Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape. It's not controversial at all. Bravo. I get it. I do. And <laughs> Monkey Wrench is one of the most Monkey well-written Wrench. rock songs of the past. It is so good. It is. But that album, start to finish, I listened to the whole thing the other day, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is still... So from doll to the end, I'm like, this album is perfect there are all these people right now that listen to episode four that were wanting to punch me in the face through the video they're like yeah retribution yeah yeah Sven, go ahead yes. what are what are your top yes. three albums of 1997 i'm pretty mainstream here um everclear all right uh was my number three nice. so much for the afterglow uh, Prodigy just Ooh, oh, good. Prodigy good choice. Like that was my get pump like when I go, went snowboarding that was like yeah. the track I listened to on the ski lift going up yeah it was like energy music mm-hmm. um, and then do I even have to say Hansen? it Foo Fighters oh, Hansen. wow you both <laughs> it's not Bjork it's not Bjork it's not Hanson. <laughs> it's not Celine Dion. So you both, it was you both went color in the shape color in the shape I, I don't know I love Foo Fighters and I love a lot of the stuff they've done like Mm-hmm. The songs that they still go back to. If you go listen mm-hmm. to any Foo Fighters live anything, yeah, 
They play like everything off color and the shape. All right, so yeah. we've got two big color and the shape fans who, yeah, were listening to me in, in episode four and being like this fucking idiot with it, because I put that I put this as their like fifth best album. Oh whoa! Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, that's okay. So my three favorite albums in order: number three is Our Lady Peace, <sighs> Clumsy. Which we have not Thank talked you. about. If we didn't oh, touch on that album. Yeah. I had to like bring it up at some point. So I'm going to just go pass it to you. And This album has songs that are... And I'm not just talking Superman's sure. Dead. That was <clears throat> extremely popular at the time and was a fucking amazing song. Clumsy. Just the title Clumsy, track. Automatic Flowers. Yeah. Yeah. He- Hello, Oscar. If you've just heard Superman's Dead and were like, meh, Listen to that mm-hmm. album, because yes. it start to finish will kick your ass. I almost put that as my height of power band for this album. In yeah, in this in the United States, in Canada maybe not, but in the U.S. for sure. <laughs> okay, so my number two is so much for the Afterglow hmm? Everclear. Nice. This album, it was probably I guess I'd say the most important to me at that age. There was just something about it that just meant a lot to me. So yeah, so much for the afterglow is my number two, and my number one is another album we haven't touched on yet, and it is a go back to and listen to, uh, Marcy Playgrounds self-titled <gasps> album. <laughs> Whoa, dude! Whoa. If you so I know whenever anybody hears that, all they think of is Sex and Candy, but if sure. you if you go back and you listen to Marcy Playgrounds self, it's good. Oh my God, it's good. I remember it's that. It's So good, Poppies <sighs> and uh, Poppies. yeah, the Shadow of Seattle. I love that album. Yeah. Well done. So there we go. Those are our all of our favorite albums. Now let's go to our top three songs. I'll start this one. We'll go. We'll go the other way around now. Mm. My number three and my number two are pretty similar in that they both they were both on soundtracks. They both kind of had the same sound, but my my number three is "Barrel of a Gun" by Depeche Mode. Mm. It was me at that time. I just loved it. It's dark. I love that song. Uh, number two, which is a very similar feel, kind of the post-punk goth electro. Uh, number two is The Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. Yes! Oh, excellent. Dude. Great choice. My God, that yes. song. That yes. song is the yes. drums in that fucking song. <sighs> yes. Holy God. Perfect Drug is my number two. And number one, and I don't even really know how to pronounce it. I hope it's pronounced... Joga by Bjork. If you haven't heard that song before, it reminds me of... I remember when I was in the military, I had that album on for some reason when I was traversing Singapore. And it, you know, it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where it's it's the, you're listening to this amazingly beautiful song and you're in a brand new place that's a completely different culture than you and it kicked my ass. So those are my top three favorite songs let's go to sven sven what are your top three favorite songs of 97 number three um the Ooh. verve bittersweet <sighs> that's symphony a good choice. that's a really good choice um, it was just mm-hmm. a beautiful song um number two this is weird because the the bowie trent reznor uh yeah. afraid of americans <laughs> isn't that song like 94? Is it 94? No. I thought it was 97. 97. Yeah. It's 97. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Afraid of yeah. Americans? Yep. Showgirls, and... David Bowie's album. Oh, no, that was. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. That was 95. It was released as, it was 95. He released a single 95, but then he released it on his 97, 97 album. With, so did he redo it with Nine Inch Nails? Is that what it was? Or? Oh, there, I'm confused because there's an album version yeah. of just Bowie. And there's two. So maybe Resner it's a Resner remix that came out. In one of which is like the one that we all know. Okay, may okay. not have a number two. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll I'll count it, and then when we get to '95, we can talk about that song again because I <laughs> love that yeah. song. I'll move right along to number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this is your warm up song, Dave. This is your cardio workout. Mbop. This is. Cra- crazy as fast as you can hi hats everlong <laughs> yeah uh foo fighters just yeah uh, i don't know ah, uh, it's an amazing song i'm always impressed by shit i can't play mm-hmm. evil what are your three favorite songs of 1997 i had afraid of americans the version we all know the nine inch nails resident remix on my list i'm gonna remove it i'm gonna put in place at number three just because I love that band. All right. I'm going to put a refreshment song. Nice. I'm going to put a song called Preacher's Daughter because I l- absolutely love the guitar solo. Brian Blush is the guitar player for the refreshments. I, once again, highly recommend go check out here's the life.com for their documentary because it's such a good story. Number two, this will probably surprise at least, at least Dave here. Uh, Hypnotized by Notorious B.I.G. That song is so undeniably good. I couldn't not put it on the list. I love that. It is so good. It is. You can't play that song and not just start like, I mean, seriously. And and I I, I was like trying to find songs from this era. And I'm like, that song is at least in the top three. That's great. That's fantastic. Number one is Monkey Wrench. I mean, we've talked it. Uh, nice. Uh, it's almost like anticlimactic at this point, but uh-huh. Monkey Wrench is one of my favorite songs of all time, and so it's number one. This was awesome. Foo Fighters, I think that we are actually done talking about you now. So. You just gotta stop jinxing it, man. Just, just, just... I know. Don't say it. <laughs> so, for everybody, I'm gonna reiterate it again. Evil, he's at stan megatron from there you can find his he does all the yeah you'll find my art stuff you'll find my kettlebell stuff evil thank you so much for joining so us good this to meet was you. this was a fucking blast oh this was great yep yep so that was 97 everybody contact us tell us what you think tell us you know come go to our website verse chorus verse go to our contact page tell us what we missed right. tell us why we're dumb for picking what we did Come back next week. We're going to go back to our roots. Uh, Sven and I are going to do regular reviews. I gave Sven one of the most fun albums of the last 15 years, and Sven gave me, like, fucking AP music theory. So we're going to... It grooves. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Like the episode. Review the episode. Versecourseverse.com. Sven, Evil, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh.